And now, it's the Pixel and Roll Show with Adam McGinnis. We just want a matter more trying to be the matador in a pitiful. Trying to gather our status in the masses, looking at the glass like that's pitiful. I ain't seeing what you're seeing because your problems ain't my problems. How you stop them, really, I don't even care. Putting pressure on my shoulders, that ain't really dead, but I know you see it when you stare. What is up, Doe? Welcome to another edition of the Pixel Roll Show. We discuss the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference, your Washington Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is April 10th, 2017. That is correct. Those 2016-17 Washington Wizards have clinched home court in the first round of these upcoming NBA playoffs. Still unsure whether or not they will host the Bucks or the Hawks. We have been on a little bit of a hiatus, but there will be lots of shows coming up for everyone this week. On today's episode, I had a chance to interview a lifelong Washington Bullets fan, Boy Genius LA, for those on Twitter, Paul Hahn in real life, who discusses what it's like to be a fan of these Wizards over the years living across the country. He attends almost every single game of the Wizards when they play the Clippers and the Lakers. So I got a chance to catch up with him after the Wizards' last road trip to discuss what it's like being a lifetime Bullets fan from the area. I know a lot of listeners can, can relate to some of his stories and experiences. Paul developing a relationship with Buck and Phil and Dave and Glenn, who do the TV and the radio for the Wizards over the years. And we got into the Wizards players showing up on TMZ in Hollywood, talked about clinching the division title, what that means, uh, his outlook on the playoffs, and then what it's like to be in this Wizards Twitter community, whereas you feel like a crazy man living in uh, different places of the country wearing Bullets gear, and then people not even knowing that the Wizards are in the NBA, to now where John Wall is on national TV, and he's an all-star, and that whole development and process. And just what a fun time it is to be a Washington Wizards fan right now. A little housekeeping, I caught up with Chris Thompson, a writer from various outlets online. He had a really good piece in Deadspin recently about John Wall. I discussed that item along with just his thoughts about NBA basketball and this basketball team. It gets really dorky and analytically, but I broke it up into two parts that will be up very soon. And also, there will be some shows here once we get this playoff matchup discussing the action and things will get revved out back here so it has been a fun fun ride thank you everyone for your support you really dig this conversation with mr boy genius enjoy with me on this episode boy genius la a wizard twitter cool dude i'm really excited to talk tonight about this basketball team uh also paul hahn is his name boy genius la on twitter paul what is up, dude? How are you, man? Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's talk some hoop. I'm excited. How's life? Doing well? I mean, I live in Los Angeles now, so I can't complain about shit, you know? So Well, I mean, I heard, I what, I heard, my, I heard I, it when it rained in L.A. a couple weeks ago. It was like the world ended, so like it's sunny. Yeah, but, but, sunny but let, let, let's, be, let's be honest. We have a winning team. We have a great team. And I just saw them twice, back-to-back <laughs> nights here in L.A., 
great seats and you know good performances dude, dude I, love, so, I love paul is 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 going uh forward on the script of this podcast today. he's excited <laughs> he's pumped i like it He's like he's like you know, you know, he's, he's like a teenager. Very, he's like a teenager looking at some girl. Like yeah, man, I'm like I'm gonna hook <laughs> up with her tonight. Like things are going well. Here. It's, okay, so I'll relate this to um, you know something that a- anybody from the DC area can relate to. Let's say you live or you're visiting some other town that you you know outside of the DMV, and you know you just you meet a stranger or, or whoever, and you guys small talk, and then all of a sudden. You know, let's say it's a girl, and the girl mentions that she's from the D.C. area. I mean, boom, like, instantly, your excitement, your level of, like, interest, like, just goes through the roof. And so when someone asks me to talk about our basketball franchise, like, at any given point of the week, I mean, that's like a, that's a, that's better than meeting a girl from the D.C. area. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go still live in the, the DMV, I, I assume, right? Yes. The, what it's like, and I tried to, like, uh, explain this to uh, one of my best friends here who's a Laker fan, what it means to be a Wizards fan, right? Because yes. he's very curious, uh, to be expected. <laughs> I told him it's 2017, and I'm a Pog collector still. <laughs> and, and let's say, like, I met another Pog collector, that level of like nerddom and excitement would just like go through the roof because there's only like 18 of us Wizards fans here, you know, like in the world. I mean, yes, and well, so you obviously live in California, I yeah. live in the nation's capital. <laughs> We're connected by this team that we both enjoy, and everyone listening to this also uh, follows them well. That's why they've downloaded the Pixel and Roll show. Uh, give me your background of how you became a fan, your. Obviously, I think you have some ties to the air, perhaps. I don't even know the answers to some of them, but you don't choose to be a Wizards fan, I think is what your friends in California are trying to tell you, right? <laughs> okay, uh, first of all, you don't choose to be a fan of any D.C. sports team. <laughs> yes, correct. You know, like, correct. so, like, for, for example, like, out of all the sports gear that I own, the merch that I own and I wear, I'm a graphic designer by, you know, full-time, and so... I get to wear whatever I want. And it's also California. You can wear shorts and flip-flops no matter what job you have. And so I wear a lot of DC sports gear and most of it's Redskins gear, you know, just to be honest. And <clears throat> a lot of that has to do with, you know, cause it's Nike and I hate Adidas products. So that's a side story. But so, yeah, I, you know, randomly, you know, every time I wear DC sports gear, you know, someone asked me, Oh, uh, are you, you're a Redskins fan or you're a Wizards fan? Like, are you from DC? And I just, my, my answer is just like always a laugh. And it's followed by, you don't choose to be a Wizards fan. You don't choose to be a Redskins fan. You know, like you're born into this curse. Yeah, who yeah, born into it? To yes. answer your question, I fucking blame my parents for yes. birthing yes, me in they birthed me at Shady Grove Hospital. Yeah, the you know, red, into the it, red line, bro. Into the red line, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I was, I was born and raised in Gaithersburg, um, you know, like a mile away from Shady Grove Hospital. You know, that's that's closer than Jesus from his birthplace. So, you know, this, that's my town. That's, uh, you know, I, I, I call myself the mayor of Gaithersburg. And so, yeah, I mean, that's like ride or die DC sports. O's at the time, you know, the Bullets, 
And then, you know, just, just to be clear. The Redskins are really good, by the way. Did your dad get in the Redskins and then got you because the Redskins? You know, ironically, so I'm, Cor- no? so I'm Korean. My parents are Korean, and they migrated here in the 70s. The first day my dad was here was when the Redskins won their first Super Bowl. Oh, so that was like, oh, he was introduced to this weird-ass sport that he's never seen before. And he was thrown into the Joe Gibbs era. You yeah, know? like the so, prime of the Joe Gibbs era. Like the beginning of the prime, I mean, right? Like the beginning I of mean, the hogs like, and like all that, right? Like I mean, thighs, we, we thighs like and, in my, and Doug Williams and all no, that. In know? my in my family, like we joke about what's a better day to move to America from a different country, like the day we win World War Two or the the day that you know Joe Gibbs wins his first of three Super Bowls. And so, you know, my dad is like a you know diehard Redskins fan. So, so how did so how did you get in the Bulls? Did you go to Landover? Did you go to the <clears> Capitol <throat> Center? Bullets. I mean, you know, the Weber. Like, uh, the Weber. You got it on the Weber, right? You were here for the, the day I became a Bullets fan was the, the the day we orchestrated the biggest trade in NBA history, the biggest shambolic trade when we traded Weber for Gugliata. I mean, that was just like yeah. no one ever talks about that anymore. You know, like I have a whole, I have a whole podcast. About, I have a whole podcast about it, but it's the other trade. Though. Okay, so so you know, like, but 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 prior it was to all that, because you know, Weber it was, was like, the one pick and then got didn't get along with Don Nelson, and then what do we send like? We end up sending like multiple first round picks, which ends up screwing the bullets because they traded him. If they just kept him, so basically we traded him away, and we're still paying another first round pick, and then suck because we didn't have Weber anymore. If you want, I mean, what, what's crazy? But at the, but thought, at the time, you... what what do you mean, Gugliotta and like three first round futures for like the best fucking dude, the Fab Five man, so, Weber, right? So like, where, what, where what, that where that hit. Where that hit personally, though, was that, you know, me, like every other kid in the world, you know, I was a big Fab Five fan. And me so. Well. I got the Black Sox, Rockin' Dog. Of course, know? of course. You know, I, I bought. Baggy shorts, Michigan man. Stuff. Baggy shorts. Yeah, I was wearing. the whole game. I was, wearing, I, was, I was buying Michigan stuff at Sports Authority in Gaithersburg, like, you know, like as a kid. You know? So when Weber came here, I mean, that just, like, changed the game, you know, like, obviously, like. But, you know, my earliest memory as a Bullets fan, though, was being in, like, sixth grade. Um, and, like, back then, like, we did, like, those, like, school trips to go see the Bullets. Yeah, yeah. Because looking back, it was probably, like, the cheapest yeah. field trip you can ever do. To Landover, and right? So, to, to Landover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the old Cap Center. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so I remember, like, we played, like, the Celtics. And I remember, I'll never forget this, like, a part of the whole trip was, like, our school group also um, were going to be featured on NBC4. And at the time, it was, you know, the fucked up teeth, Wally Bruckner, you know, the icon. <laughs> yes. And and he made us, like, do a whole piece on this little-known 12th man called Ben Wallace. He made us say on the count of three, we love Ben Wallace. And after the the count of three and we said it, we all looked at each other and like, who the hell is Ben Wallace? Right. And so that was like the Genesis. Like we were literally on at the start of that era, you know, where we had like, uh, what was it? The four W's like the Weber, the Ben Wallace, the, uh, Rashid Wallace, and then little known, um, Lorenzo Williams. Remember him? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. And so, so that was like my first crew. Um, and, uh, what a crew that was. And so, so from now know, on, I, 
there is a podcast I have all about, like, so you end up in LA, right? And me and you, I looked at, so I direct message you on Twitter, by the way, for the people, how the sausage is made. And I looked at me and you had actually had a direct message in 2010, bro. Like 10 or 11. (laughs) <laughs> like, oh my like, god yeah is that crazy like, so basically any conversation that we've ever had has always been just adding each other essentially right and it was like something stupid like it was like you know bitching about nick young or javel mcgee or something i don't know like, you know yeah like, but, but, like, but you know right, I, I joke right, about right? Uh, I, no but i joke about there uh, there's only like 18 wizards fans currently like back in 2010, there literally yeah. were only 18 people talking about the wizards back then so so so, so what i do remember is that like you would go you would be at the Clippers game, the Lakers game, and I would see you, you know, you would finally, you know, listen to our bullshit online or whatever. Now it's like, like you said, like your favorite team is in your city. You and Buckhands like taking selfies or like, like you're hugging or like, it's like you and your hot girl, like on the, like this one, which would suck too, by the way, bro. You know what I mean? It's like 2013, 14, right? They're like, yo, dude, what up? Boy, Genius no, but, LA. But let me... My point is like, have you always gone to all those games since you've lived in LA? And how long have you lived in LA? I moved to LA like 10 years ago. Like, honestly, uh, it was like pre-Obama, right before Obama took office. You know, we were shambolic at the time. And so me as like a, you know, a quote-unquote starving artist because I'm a graphic designer, you know, I moved out to L.A. during the writer's strike, and so there were, like, no jobs out here. And so, you know, like, to go see the Lakers at that time, like, these are, like, the yeah. second prime Kobe Lakers. And, and then, like, no one wanted to go see Clipper games. Like, no no one. There was no – I can't even name you a single player from the pre, Clippers. Pre, that pre, Pre-Blake, right? I mean, it's like pre-Blake, yeah. right? And this is also, like, kind of like kind of pre-Stubhub, too, at that time. And so – you know, it was like very easy to just go to. But 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 they're both at Sable Center, correct? Right, they're at the exactly. same arena, right? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're at the Sable Center, and it was just like incredibly easy to get Clipper tickets, and so it's like you and Penny, Mar- years- you and Penny Marshall, and uh, Clipper, yeah, Man, right? Clipper Man, what's, what's that guy's name? Uh, the Clipper, Clipper Daryl. Yeah, yeah, Clipper Daryl. I, I like yeah, that yeah. guy. I like that him, guy. Him and him and I actually have rapport together because. Oh, Clipper Daryl. I mean, it's like, what, what the fuck are we... Every time we see each other, we recognize each other because I'm Asian, he's black. Like, what the fuck are we doing? We're wearing these ridiculous outfits following the worst two franchises in NBA history. Like, And so just to speak about going to the games, like, you know, I would definitely make sure I would save up money to buy a Laker ticket, and that'd be like a 300-section ticket. But then for the Clippers... You can spend the same amount for a nosebleed for a Laker game and get down to the lower level, like the 100-level section. And so fast forward a few more years, the Wizards are still terrible, but the tickets would be like nothing because they would come visit on Wednesday nights every season. And, you know, you could pay 100 bucks and be, you know, a few rows from the court. And so every year I would do that, and every year... Especially in those early years, so you know, like, so you meet another, guy, you meet another wizard fan, right? You became friends, or that's how you see. Bunny there's like five stuff, right? wizards fans yeah, in the yeah, crowd, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. like, <clears throat> the only guy who's wearing bullets gear because I don't own a single piece of clothing that says wizards on it. <laughs> yes. Like the only person wearing bullets gear is like this, like five foot eight Asian kid just screaming at the top of his lungs, like wee wee, whenever Seraphin would dunk, you know, and so. <laughs> 
So, but, you know, not only does, does the Wizard franchise, you know, meaning like their front office people that are actually in the arena, but like the players see that too. And so I'm easily recognizable by these guys at the onstart. And so every year they would see me, you know, uh, at least, you know, up close once a year. And, you know, it's like it, it was easy to kind of, and obviously with Twitter, um, you know, pre Twitter. Because the two games that stand out to me, the Clippers road game and the Lakers road game for the for the Wizards in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years that I've been following this, this team intently is is when Gilbert went nuts, right? Right? Where you at the so, game? Where you at the game? No, right? I would... You, no, I would, game? you, you would, know what I'm talking about, right? I would, I would... No, but I would counter-argue that the most memorable was the year where Blake and... Where Blake and the NBA robbed JaVale McGee of the dunk title. No, I'm talking about you know, the Lakers and, game. I'm talking about you were not at the game. Where we're getting, oh, like 50 oh, something, oh, right? oh, oh, I mean, like, when, when, uh, I mean, that's like the greatest. Yeah, and were, I you think know, we're you at the game? Were you at the game? Before he hears his. No, 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 right? no. I, so I, I, couldn't, like I couldn't afford that like, ticket. It was 07, right? Because the Lakers were so really good, right? Like, you know. No, that, that was, I don't was, think I was actually here in LA at the time. Yeah, okay, like, that was like. The other one I remember yeah, is yeah. When, when Jordan Crawford and Eric Gordon went off. Wait, wait, let's, let, for the record, let's also mention that Gilbert Arenas took off his jersey and put it down at midcourt because that was his court. That, yes, that, and he yes. bowed. Remember, he had like, a wife beater on. He... What's your two most memorable games be, like for Lakers and Clippers, like cheering for the Wizards? Number one by far. And this is just like not just Wizards, Clippers, or Wizards, Lakers. This is number one NBA game I've ever attended. I sat next to this. This is like courtside behind the Wizards bench one season. Um, my wife and I sat next to this trifling woman who just got <laughs> who got who got plus one of a trifling this a, comment. By the way, keep going. Keep going. This is a, this is an incredible story. This woman was trifling in every sense of the, the the word the definition of the word she was only there to get plastered she was for some reason she had free drinks the whole night and she, her and her friend were just getting plastered she was like probably blacked out by the second quarter she was so trifling that her friends like up in the 300 levels would come down and get drinks from her that would be comped and then they would take them back to their seats and so by like the second quarter like because I was cheering for the Wizards, she clearly was, you know, on the Clippers side, and she would just be in our in our ears about like, you better shut the fuck up. Like, I'm gonna get security to kick you out. I'm like, who is this person? And you know, I paid no mind. I paid a lot of money for that ticket. Like, I just didn't want to beef with anyone. Well, you was your girl, <laughs> bro, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, but like, like if it's just was, you and your she, bros, like, and like you might like went exactly, up, exactly, like, and, and, and like. To, like ended up happening was she was trying to get security to get us kicked out and i was like okay she clearly is somebody she's and i assume she's like sleeping with one of the players or something etc my buddies who are clippers fans and you know they're like there's not that many of them here can i interrupt Um, donna sterling's girls (laughs) gonna make that joke okay keep keep going let's, going. let's just get to the end let's get to the end Fast forward two months, and TMZ V. Siviano comes out, right? And my buddy is like, oh, my God, that's the girl. That's her? That next so I just to. made that joke, and it's true? That's, like, that's her? It was, we sat next to V. Siviano 
no, and no, but go go back to what you like, said. I'm sorry. Go back to what you said to your boys that night, though. I interrupted you. You said like your boys were like, oh no, 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 like 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 that person just like recognized who that was, but like you know, obviously didn't know about the whole racial thing or Donald Sterling and like just because like he was a Clipper fan. And, and this and is years like, before all the shit, all that shit went fucking nuts, right? No, no, no. This is when that went down. Like, two oh, really? Right after before the game? Really? Two yeah, months? I think two months? Two months? I think that's. I think I think that's when the hammer went down. Yeah. So, so like, that's why so the girl. Just, that's why those girls were just like, oh, she's fucking the owner. That's why we're getting free drinks from her, right? And she's. I mean, if you. And she was like, her and her friend were like actively pointing out the people on the court that they they slept with. I mean, it was it was bizarre. It was the craziest. Was Sterling there? Experience. Was Sterling there? Then, I have no idea. And probably at the in time, hindsight, I, mean, I guess the team, you don't know, right? But like now, you're like, no, shit, no. He like, he was definitely there. I mean, he's he was at every game with his his like you know older blonde wife. Okay. As, you know, on the other side. Okay, so, <laughs> so Paul, are have you been celebrating the Southeast Division champions banner? Like, have you decided to you know buy like you know, memorabilia or do some type of Photoshop things? As you told me, you're a graphic designer. How stoked are you that that now we're the Southeast Division champs for the first time in bazillion years? So, who's the um, your buddy that you had on the pod in the previous episode? Rashad Mobley. <laughs> Rashad Mobley, another writer from you. And he's right. like a he's like a diehard Wizards fan, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, same same level. I mean, we're what what what, what world is this guy from? Was was he there for the seventy nine championship? Like, no, 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 I don't understand. no, no. No, but I have the same opinion because, like, in the sense that, sense that, like, like they have caps Southeast Division champions banners in Verizon Center, right? So what we're saying in jest, but the goal is to beat the Cavs. The goal is to go farther to win fifty games, right? We're on the cusp of that, and so it's fun to say like, oh, we won the first division chance, but we know the division chance doesn't mean anything. But the point you're about to make is like, yeah, man, this is an accomplishment. We haven't had anything like this. And I was being okay, a, right. being a jest. <laughs> but when we beat the Lakers the other night, that you were there, because uh, they're in tank mode, and I went to bed because I couldn't deal with that the Wizards would lose, and it was also 1230, and I know they're going to win. And then I woke up at 7 a.m., like a dedicated blogger and writer for this team. And I looked immediately and saw they won. And I saw that they outscored them 37-13 to 13 in the fourth quarter. And I was like, oh, man, the Lakers just really put the tank brakes on uh, at that point. And you were there, but after the victory, we won the division championship is what you're talking before, about. Before the victory, I saw Dave Johnson who I know for a long time because... Uh, Wizards play you know, by play radio people for the, they don't know. Exactly. Okay. Um, also the voice of DC United, and I'm a diehard DC United fan. Dave Johnson has been a part of my life, you know, for a long time. Great soccer announcer, um, by the way. He's, he's good, people. Yeah. Steve Buckhands, um, you know, like, I know him from watching him on Channel 5, on Fox 5. Like, he was the sports director, him and Chick Hernandez. And so, these guys, like, you know, from the from the get-go, I didn't mention this earlier, but, like, 10 years ago, you know, I just, like, told these guys up front, like, you know, you guys are, like, my broadcast idols, and you guys are a big reason why I love this team. And, you know, obviously Phil Chenier, too. And so when I saw all four of those guys, Glenn Consor, who's also my man, Dave Johnson, Steve Buckhands, and Phil Chenier, I saw all four of them pregame, uh, before the Laker game, 
I also saw Chris Miller, Jay Michael, Candice, like all the guys who travel with the team, you know, and I shook their hands and I was like, I, I'm so happy to be with you for banner night. And they just all died of that. Yes, of course they did. Of course they did. No, but like, you know, like, like I'm not one of those fans who like, just because we're good now and we have the potential to win 50 games. I appreciate just being relevant. Like that's the baseline, you know, like, when I when John Wall won the slam dunk competition the other year, yes, I was like happy with that being the best Wizards franchise moment for the rest of my life because, quite frankly, like thirty two years on Earth and that's the biggest accomplishment we've ever had. Like, I, I keep it real. Like, Paul, I'm being flippant about that. I have bigger fish to fry, right? Like, I want them to beat the Cavs in the series, right? Right, you know what I mean? So it's hard for me to be like, oh, like we won the conference or whatever, right? But you're right in the sense yeah, that, but, like, but, but, as a fan, you know, but as a fan of me, that like, yo, like this is a good thing that we have, and like there is some celebration. Okay, less so, than mocking, so, right? And Steinberg so, wrote a really good piece about it, by the way, on Washington. Do you remember? So, okay, so do you remember when RG three Alfred Morris, you know, their rookie year? Yes. When we won the division at home at FedEx. And do you remember, like, the NFL films clip where, like, you know, RG3 was mic'd up, and he went over at the end of the game, you know, and everyone, FedEx is rocking. RG3 goes over to Alfred Morris, puts his arm around him, and points to the scoreboard. And he's like, Alf, look at that. And on the scoreboard it said, first division championship since 99, you know, the Brad Johnson year. Yes. And RG3, he's not from here. Alfred's not from here. And they were like, can you believe that? You know what this means to this city? Like, we're doing something here. And so yes. those guys, like, those guys took pride in that. And sure, like, Dude, so you, felt, you, for, you felt it? You felt that? Have you watched that game? Did you feel that as a fan? Oh, I, I was falling that day. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, after it was over, right? Like, to me, it's like, I feel like there's more journeys ahead in the sense that you're right, like, I should appreciate the journey before we get there, in a way, right? And, like, it really moved you, because you're there. I've, I've kind of treated my fanship for the this franchise. Like you're not, you're not going to, like, Charlotte Hornets games and Raptors games and all the stuff that I'm doing, right? Like, you see your team the first time in person where you live, and you're just close to First Division since you've been on. But also, you, right, you, right? Also you know what I mean? Like, that's, that means something, dude. Right? But you also have to remember too where I'm seeing these games at. I'm seeing this at the Staples Center. You know, to get in the building, you got to walk by Jerry West. You know, you got to walk by uh, Abdul Jabbar, like the bronze statues. I mean, you got to walk yes. by Magic. You got to walk by the new Shaq statue. You go inside, you see the 18 banners. You see, like, I don't know, it, it looks like 20 different retired numbers. Well, and Staples Center does not have a single divisional banner up there. Like yeah. for any sport, for the Kings, you know, for for the Lakers, and so for this is like a different kind of sport for them. Whereas mm-hmm. as a Bullets fan, you know, yes. like we don't have much up there, and so that banner, although like with the real meaning, like across the country, it's a complete joke and it means nothing in the standings as far as like the playoff situation. But for us, it's accomplishment that. It's it means more. It, it means relevancy. You know, yes, like it's like yes, it is. You're right. I, I'm 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 dedicating my life to this like stupid franchise, and like there's nothing to show for it besides 
Nick Young and Swaggy P's cinnamon challenge. Like, that's what we're known for. Like, so, like, for me, like, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I ordered that hat. And yeah. am I going to wear it? No. But, like, it's going to be in my closet. And I'm going to look at that thing and I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, we... We we crush the Cavs. So tell me about your experience at the Lakers game before we go to the Clippers. Like that night, uh, you're stoked. Uh, well, you got your girl. I saw I saw your stuff on social media. You had, you had good seats again. But like this is what this you, is what you witness because the think. Lakers played well. I mean, John Wall had a sick dunk early on. It kind of slept walk, and then he turned it on obviously in the fourth quarter, and they won the game. But what was your experience at the arena? Okay, so what I like to do is I, I like to get inside the building as early as possible. And what they do is, like, they allow you to go in an hour and a half early before tip. And so, as any real Wizards fan knows, Marcin Gortat is the first one out there. He's the only one out there. And he's, like, doing his hook shots and shots. And I'm like, okay, it looks good. It looks like he's recovered from the three you know, females that he's uh, acquainted himself <laughs> over, you know? And so that was a good sign, right? And then Wall comes out, and he's got a hood hoodie on, and the hood is on, and he's, like, shooting baskets. They have the headphones? Like, they have the headphones, not... headphones? The Beats? No, the no, no, no headphones. No, 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 no. Him and Beal in D.C., they always warm up with headphones. Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing. Like, he's showing out at that time. Yeah. But he's in L.A., and he's got his hoodie, his hood on. And I'm like, oh, that's not a good look there. Like, is he hungover? Like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, of course he's hungover. And, and as a Wizards fan in L.A., like, five nights in, in L.A. straight. And, like, yeah. you know, a lot of those guys live here, and they know people here. Like, it's like, I'm just glad none of them are getting arrested. You know, like, they're yes. all here. They all showed up. Like, they're all physically able to play to me that was a win i didn't care if we won or lost i was like okay they're so, not so you in got trouble out, you got down close and you watched john wall like warm up and gortat warm up and then what happened after yeah that? and like and like you know like wall doesn't seem like he's all there but then again you know I, he he gets up for la games and so i look at the roster for the lakers and i just like don't know any of these guys, you know, <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, Ingram's not going to play, like, fine, like, that's sweet, uh, Swaggy P's not going to play, sweet, like, hopefully John Wall and the, and the rest of the starting five, you know, rest for the whole second half, and this, not, kinda, like, though, right? this was, um, yeah, and so, were you ever worried, uh, were you worried, or do you knew they were going to turn it on in the fourth quarter, because this is what this team has done all season, like, they've been down 10 points, like, 15 to, what is it, like, 15 to 20 times, like, like sixteen times it came back down ten. Oh, it's the rope a dope. Yeah, right? it's it's it's, it's, it's lulling them to sleep, and then we we come back and we play our starters thirty seven minutes. So Jared, you yeah. always knew that I was going to come back, but you're all, we ever no, worried. but but you're but what really, is my question. but what really worries me though is is Gortat and he's like he's just completely done this again, where he, it's something clearly in his mind. You know, he's hit this like mental slump. Um, where he just loses all confidence, you know, and the, nothing he does seems to be right. And then Brooks just yanks him. And so that was a big worry of mine. Like when you have Zubak, is that his name? Zubaz or Zubak? Zubaz and Randall and uh, I don't even know who the other big is. But Randall, wasn't, Randall wasn't playing either, was he? Was Randall playing? Randall was playing, yeah. yeah. He, playing. he actually had a, he had a pretty decent game. Okay. But, so, uh, so, so, so my question is like once the Wizards win – 
and then you like taking selfies with the Buckhands and Phil. What was your how was your feelings to your girl? Like what's up after that? Because I know you're really excited. Obviously, I was pop pooing the division title, but I looked at these videos. They had a water party in the, the water room. bottle. Thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Scott yeah. Brooks comes in and he's already been doused by water. John Wall party. <laughs> John Wall probably already put like a bucket of water on him, and he goes in the locker room. And John Wall is sitting there, and I've wa- and I watched it like five times at least. And John Wall. And I watched it every five times just to see like what every other player was kind of doing. And, and Scott Brooks comes in and John Wall looks at him and they're all partying. And like I didn't really notice that the first time, but like when Scott Brooks comes in, like his whole shirt is already dust out like Gatorade. Oh, he looks like he looks yeah. like Ga- uh, Gary Williams. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. He's already been sweating. It's like somehow I think John Wall or Beal have already dunked a bunch of water on. Honestly, him, right? honestly, right? like. Honestly, as a Wizards fan watching that game, that was awesome. it was it was awesome to see them was, celebrate that moment, right? But but no, but it was clearly a trap game. You know, it was like we were down like a you know fifteen, sixteen points at a certain point. Like D'Angelo couldn't miss. You know, Wall was playing zero defense. Like we weren't getting any rebounds. You know, it was like oh here we go again. But then you know we rebounded and you know we won the game. And I was like okay, this is a different kind of team. But then I saw the excitement on their on their faces, you know, when the final buzzer rang, and I, you know, I like texting my buddies. I was like, "These guys are gonna get in trouble tonight." Like, this is a TMZ moment. So Brooks comes in, uh, all doused in water, and then and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, John Wall, you know, you know, like the alpha dog, not the leader. Which, by the way, he is a leader of this team. And he goes, "Listen, hey, coach, we haven't we haven't accomplished this since 1979. This is all because of you." And you need to share in this. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just fist up, bro. Like, all of a sudden, like, <laughs> like, all of a sudden he just goes, like, Scott Brooks, like, said, he just, like, listens to what John Wall says, like, douse in water in his, like, dress shirt. And he just goes in the middle. And they go in there. And so then the whole point, I watched it, like, five five to eight times to see, like, where's Beal at? Where's Ubre? Where's Gortat? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I want to know. Dude, they're all involved, okay, bro. So, so this they're is, all involved. This is also- and all of a sudden, they get in the middle and John Wall leads the chant. It says, family. Family on three. And they say, one, two, three, family. And they all break out, and they're all happy. Like, that's pretty fucking cool, right? I mean, you got to remember, like, the situation Wall came into when he came to D.C. You know, like, he coming from Kentucky to go to D.C. and that shambolic team. It's like, this is just pride. He's just feeling pride, you know? And he's feeling like the leader of this squad. And he knows that. Uh, you know, Coach Brooks has a lot to do with that. And it's just like, it's just a celebration of something that, like, you know, they're finally getting to a point where, like, he's worked so damn hard to get to. And, like, I don't see that as the banner itself. It's just the, you know, moment of pride for a group of 12 men, you know, grown-ass men to kind of celebrate together. So, Paul, so I wake up in the morning, I check my phone. I was like, I'm... You go to TMZ? <laughs> no, I check my phone to see if we... I check my phone to see if we win... I get on the Twitter machine about nine ish, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, or I go on Wizards Reddit. Somehow, I get a link. The headline is like John Wall, Bradley Beal, crazy person, or some shit. So like, I watch yeah. it. So this guy like tweets it. So I tweet back at him. Was like, I don't see John Wall in this at all. Well, what ends up happening is this guy went crazy as fuck outside. It looks like a, maybe like. 
everyone's just waiting for like a badass like like you know uber black or some shit right like everyone's just waiting yeah, yeah. so so brandon jennings comes out by himself the guy's just yelling 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 and then he's getting a car but then if you watch the video more and more then here comes bradley beal and then here comes john wall and i do see marquise morris in the corner by the way like very and he had shades hard on. to miss right yeah yeah he had <laughs> shades on too which is really funny the whole thing was just like, okay, well, why did you put John Wall and Bradley Beal in this? Because like John, this whole video is just like Bradley Beal saying, "What's up, this guy?" You know, some crazy guy having some fucking shit on the street. He just has the outside of the club. So, so when I when right? I when did I you see the video, video, right? Of course, I've, I, th- I've I thought that was thing. unfair what they're doing. I watched this thing like a hundred times. Yes, thank you. So, thank you, thank you. So let's call him Person X. This this uh, this you know yes. bystander, this stranger. Person X actually has the beef with Brandon Jennings. It's why clear. though? I never understood why he did though. Ever, okay, so 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 because you're not you're not paying close enough attention, and that's why you have me on your podcast. Yeah, yes, I'll do I, I'm your talking. I'm your resident insider TMZ expert. Give it give it to so, me. Give me give it to me, Harvey. <laughs> Ten years in L.A. Um, being in drunkard situations, i.e., three o'clock in the morning in Hollywood, someone yelling at someone else calling them either a mark or a mark ass or a mark ass buster or a combination of any of those terms is like kind of normal. You know, like it's like, it's not, same it's in nothing. DC it's a little kinda, bit. To be fair, same in DC, it's like a, right? Like in DC, no, but in DC, I relate that to like someone being called a Bama or something. Yes. You know, like a, a herb. Like some herb dude, some, some dude outside some club yelling some random ass shit. Like it's exactly. not like, it's not like, or, or if you're like in like Adams Morgan, it's like come yes. at me, bro, 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 yeah. bro. But the key words that were mentioned in the video were baby mama and then like a specific female name. And so clearly, this guy knew Brandon, Brandon Jennings. Jennings. So from, Brandon Jennings is like, yeah. like is like baby mama because Brandon Jennings is from L.A. as well, right? I forgot. And then when you're right? talking about right, like, right, isn't baby, Jennings from L.A? Yeah, right? exactly. Right? Yeah, right. and so and so when you're talking about baby mamas and stuff like. You kind of got to respect that, and you don't step in, and, and you know, obviously. But to be Beal fair, Wall, like, Beal and Wall were not there for the original part of this freakout, right? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Even if they were, it's like, this is a different kind of man level, where, like, you just let those two handle their business. You know, if it escalates, obviously you step in, but it wasn't escalating. So, And there were, like, some, like, pretty brolic security dudes around, too. And What's this club they were at? What's the name of it? One something? I think they were at One Oak. Yeah, yeah One yeah. Oak. I, what, I mean, that's like where's the, that? West Hollywood? Yeah, that's like the go-to kind of spot for like, not just like, you know, celebrities who are out of towners or ballers, yeah, but like yeah. that's just like, you know, the kind of like the prime spot. I was happy that they went out and celebrated, honestly, even though I, I you know, I splurged on courtside seats for the next game and I knew that they were out at the club at like 3 a.m. What, what, seg- what a segue, Paul. What a segue. Keep yeah. Going. Keep going. I was happy for these guys. You know, like, I wanted them to go out and celebrate. These guys are like, Beal's 23 years old. Like, fuck, go out and celebrate. Like, go hang out with your friends. Like, go go hang out with your mortal enemy, John Wall. Like, I was so happy for those guys. Like, who cares if they made TMZ or whatever? At least it wasn't, you know, embarrassing. I was just pissed that, like, the headline had their names in it. But if you actually watched the video, like, it looked like I was, they, uh, they, did I was good. More, they did good. I was more upset about the Gortat situation the, the the night before because yeah, talk, you know talk about, that, talk, about that, talk about that like three girls yeah, because, and then he's wearing no, but, an affliction t-shirt Gortat why are you still wearing affliction like, like it's over that's a, right 
you got to remember, man, he's Polish. I know, I know. I'll let him slide the Polish (laughs) shit. Three girls, a lot of jokes, but why are you more upset at that? Because I'm a big Hammer fan. Like, you know, like, you know, he he has a big standing in in Poland. You know, he's like, he could be the next president. We have Polish correspondents on my podcast. Okay, yeah. Polish cheerleaders I still am in contact with. Like, it's like, it's all because of This is not, this is not a good look for the Polish Hammer like back in his motherland, whereas like Wizards fans are like, all right, like why only three? Like those guys are seven footer. Like, like you can maybe handle four or five, right? And like, and like I said and to you so, too, so some guy on Reddit was like, it's the first time the the Polish machine's ever been triple teamed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's hammer time. You know, He's the, go to the Clippers game. Unbelievable game, dude. Like, if you look at the box score, like, the Wizards lost. If I don't want to look at the defense, shade and look at the defense, I just look at what the Wizards did offensively. It is phenomenal. It was up and down. I felt like, to me, and you can tell me, Ron, like, I'd have to write about this game, but if I would have wrote about this game, I would have said, I thought J.J. Redick had the best game of his fucking career. Like, you know what I mean? Like, efficiency. Like, like best game of his year. Felt like the changing moment was, of course, the Wizards played no defense throughout. But when Markeith gets ejected, right, if you go back, the 17-game winning streak started, and this whole success started from when we beat the Clippers on Sunday. We're down 10 points. Markeith fucking balled out in the fourth quarter in Washington, D.C. on Blake Griffin. And then, of course, the next day, Blake Griffin said that he had, like, a broken knee. The next day, and then had to miss like a month or whatever, right? Or how many months he missed. But Markeith was away, and I think that is why I think the Wizards match up really well with the Cavs. Is like Markeith is able to guard like a LeBron or a Blake. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, the Wizards like come back and make this run, and you know if, if Bogdanovich could hit a three, some other shots. You know, Beal had a couple of the threes wide open at the end, which could have made it like a three point game or a two point game, right? But it wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right? It could have been close. But at the end, the person that closed it out was Blake Griffin on Jason Smith, on Mahini, uh, and then he fouled them out. And it was just like, so, Marquise, so Marquise would have like, made it happen. So to me, it was like Marquise got thrown out for some random-ass reason. Even Marquise can go off on the refs. My question to you is that like you being there and just Chris Paul was ridiculous, Blake was ridiculous, J.J. Redick was ridiculous. Beal and Wall were ridiculous. Like, if you look at, like, their actual analytical stats, like, it's phenomenal. It's like, this is, this game was, like, so fun to watch, even though we lost, right? My seats at that game were right behind Phil and Buck. Row A, right behind the scorer's table. Like, I could touch Phil's bald head. So I have no idea what's happening as far as stats, you know, what's going on on Twitter. I'm I'm hearing Chris Paul just, like, and that's the best part about having those seats. I mean, you shouldn't be allowed to have those seats if you're 18 and younger. Like, Chris Paul is, like, the most vulgar, the biggest oh, trash talker I've ever seen in my life. And then on top of that, DJ, DeAndre Jordan, is just, just as vulgar. So on the Wizards side, it's Markeith Morris. And that's it. Like, there's no one else that matches that kind of volume or intensity or just the brawn or muscle, you know? I was upset that we uh, lost uh, assistant coach Sam Cassell because he was actually one of the biggest voices on the team, like as far as trash talk. 
And so now he's doing it for the Clippers. Throughout that like first half, like Markeith was the one that was bodying those guys. He was the one that was you know voicing up against those guys. Seeing the Clippers up, up close like that every year, you realize like how hard it is for a referee to call those games, the Clipper games, yeah. because there's three guys on the court who are bitching about every single play. Well, well, yeah, what's Doc Rivers is the worst, man. Doc like, Rivers, he's at midcourt every play screaming. Sam yeah. Cassell on the bench screaming. And so these but, refs, but, but, like, but Blake and Chris are terrible too, right? Like Yeah, like, and so and so and so what happened was like these refs just like folded. You know, like they they, they oh, there's some shitty collapsed. calls at the end. But to get it back to your point though, this is the biggest weakness that we have. Like when Keith gets in trouble, you know, there's yes. Sure, we go small. There's there's lineup uh, alterations that Coach Brooks does, but there's nothing to replace that kind of intensity. Thank God we have Jan Mahimi. I can't believe I'm saying that now. But the key is the kind of the only other option that we have to body. When we play the Celtics in the playoffs, if we do, like we're going to need both Keith and Mahimi to stay out of foul trouble because those are the only guys who kind of have like some steel. Paul, if I was an Ashivas blogger, I would talk about Martin Gortat's terrible night in LA. Oh man. And, 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 and like so he was he had, he was negative eight plus minus, played nineteen minutes, uh obviously he didn't put much it was also even crazier is John Wall's line, dude. So John Wall is averaging uh, thirty seven and uh, eleven in the last three games on this road trip, the first three games. He had forty one, eight assists, three steals and was plus minus negative nine. Bradley Beal had 27 points. Go to the Clippers. Blake Griffin, 26. Wait, what, what, was, what, was, uh, what was Jason Smith's uh, total uh, he was uh, point pl- output? Uh, he had 14 points, and Oubre, by the way, had 10. Why did he, why did he shoot 23-pointers? What, what was up with that? Four, like, ten. I he, believe that. Wow, he had 10 three-pointers. You're correct. I didn't understand that. Wow. The Clipper fans around me were mistaking him for Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't they didn't know that Jason Smith, who that was, let alone why is he shooting so many three-pointers. Bogdanovich. Well, the only reason Jason Smith was in that much was because Markeith got tossed. And uh, Nomihini fouled out. But Bogdanovich played 15 minutes, only had three points, was one of four from three. He's the one that needs to shoot. Adam, 10, uh, 10 Adam let me derail this for two minutes. Yeah, How sure. worried are you about Brandon Jennings and... Boyan Bogdanovich. Like, these guys might be frauds. <laughs> like, like, have you thought about that? Like, that's, that's a very big worry. It's weird because, like, he came out hot. He gets to yeah, our team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. team. He won literally the Magic game. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, if he doesn't do what he does, we lose the Magic game. And for but sure. Since then, though. And but like, since then, if though. You look, if you look at his, like, if you look at when our defense is so poor, right? So, like, I'll look at and I'll go into the film and I'll go into it and be like, it's almost always him, dude. Like, when he's on the court, like, he misses the rotation. Like, whether or not the guy makes a three and it's not really him, right? It's like auto jumping out of him, right, or Beal jumping out. But if you actually go back to what really happened on pick and roll coverage or whatever, yeah. it's literally just because Bogdanovich doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Offensively. Now, granted, what we had before, and do I think it's a good trade? We'll find out later on about how good of a trade it is. And Jennings has played better. We actually have an option to go small with Bogdanovich at four. And... 
Jennings isn't Trey Burke. When when do we? But when do we? But honestly, he wasn't brought in to to run point like Ramon Sessions. He was brought in to to put some buckets. He was brought on with the expectation like here's another guy who can get twenty on on a given night. And the same with Boyan, right? But the thing is about those guys, I don't know. At least Boyan had a hot streak, and we we can say okay, at least he's capable of doing that. With Jennings, I just feel like, oh my god, like we still haven't seen it yet. The shots that he he takes, like they're kind of bad. And Burke, like I hate Burke. Burke's my most hated wizard. But like, I'm not disagreeing with your opinions about Brandon Jennings. When I look at yeah. what the alternative was before, which was Burke, Sadaransky isn't ready yet. Those are our options. You know what I'm saying? But like my, I don't compare Jennings to Burke. I compare Jennings to Sessions and even like someone like Will Bynum, someone who like. He's expected to do nothing, you know, but just to relieve Wall. But those guys, like, if their jump shot isn't going, you know, like, they'll go take it to the rim. They'll do something to kind of provide a spark. I just feel like Jennings just, like, is taking too long to find his, quote-unquote, rhythm within this squad. Like, you know, like, his shots don't look confident at all. Like, he hasn't had a hot streak yet. And how, how many games has he been a wizard now? I mean, your concern about Jennings is valid. I think that he has more talent and instincts. I've seen more instincts of him to run the second union offense. Ubre or Beeler Porter or Bogdanovich than when I saw Trey Burke just go one on one on the wing. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm coming from on that. But like but yes, you're correct. Like like Rashad made this good point, point on the last podcast we had. It goes those visions of Wall and Jennings playing together, they're over. Even right. Wall's defensive abilities perimeter worry me. And then on top of that, having Jennings and then having like someone like Gortat behind him so, to so, provide so, kind of... You mentioned it earlier, the, the radio party with Dave. You're yeah, always, yeah. You, you, you spent that one game behind Buck and Phil. I know you've had other pictures over the years between them. Like If I look at your stuff right now, it is incredible. And, <laughs> and thing Every is, year. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so here is... So what is the relationship with those guys, man? Because how cool are they? It's the one time I can speak to these guys because these guys... They recognize the you, right? Do they not recognize you? Oh, uh, without a doubt. I mean, they know my wife. You know when you meet someone, like in a professional setting, right? Like some project you worked, in front of a friend or some girlfriend or some family, whatever, they, they kind of fake it. And then you know, and like maybe they don't even know your name, but then they know that they know you. They, they, you know that they know who you are. Dave Johnson and I are friends on Facebook, and like, you know, there's like Facebook anniversary videos that they they kind of generate, auto generate. Like Dave Johnson actually shared one the other day of like our friend friend anniversary. Really? really? And it's just like, yeah, and it's just like nothing but photos of us. Of like, us for like four years game. ago, or <laughs> yeah, some yeah, shit, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so yeah, I mean, like, it's just like. Tell the people what it's like to talk to Buck Hands in real life. You know, honestly, like, Buck loves coming out to L.A. And, like, his, uh, the other guys, the other three guys, they love making fun of Buck because they, they kind of, like, make fun of him about being, like, fancier than others. And, like, oh, yeah. He, like, suppose He has a he tea time. Like, Usually he has a tea time. Yeah, yeah. Like, he has a scotch. Like, so, he has a cigar spot. Like, he has it all, like, all the elitist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, so the Wizards and the, and the Wizards media, everyone uh, with the team, they all stay at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, which is, like, Rodeo Drive. Probably, like, one of the nicest hotels in all of L.A., it, they, it's even reported that Buckhands doesn't even stay there. He stays at an even nicer place. So, so that's like 
everyone always like loves kind of Joan on yeah yeah and like Buckhands is always like you know like, it's the winter time and he always looks tan and you know like, it's just like he always looks good you know what's so different about this season we've been winning right or the games are competitive and so Buckhands yeah. goes more into about like the game but when we suck, whatever, he's like starts talking about his like dinner reservations the night before. Like, oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Him and Phil would just start talking about like where Buck Ants got some like some New Orleans good food in New Orleans. So, like, yeah, yeah, like, hey, can we like, still talk about this game? You know what I mean? Or he'll talk about like uh, a Wizards fan that he met in the lobby for like, <laughs> yes. you know, like five minutes straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's usually like Marcin Gortat's Polish people too. But, uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every year that I see these guys, both Phil and Buck and Glenn and Dave, the conversations go pretty much the same way. When are we firing Grunfeld? Uh, when are we getting a real roster? Is John Wall going to leave us? Like th- Those are kind of like the topics we always go through. And what I love about those guys, you know, they'll tell me the truth. They won't give me like the CSN, the Wizards broadcast answer. They'll, they'll tell me the realness. And I won't share any of that stuff. As a fan, I'm getting a sense of like what's really going on. And so... They're so always like, they, they, they're like leveling you with you, like being real humans. No, they they totally they totally level. You know, like yeah. it's even with like profanity with some of them. And, you know, I, I don't blame them. This is like their livelihoods. You know, like this is like they follow this franchise like every day, and like you know they have pride in them too. And so they they show it just like you and I are doing right now. And so this is the kind of like the first year where like all four of them were like Paul, we got something going on here this is serious you, you can see it sometimes that, like buck hands will talk about john wall he like blocks these shots could just go to the oh, rim yeah. like, like he'll get the like he'll get the outlet pass on a rebound it's over right and like john will just so go over, the lay, lay, it, lay it up and like as a fan you're like oh yeah we got two more points he doesn't say like holy shit like john wall is just so ridiculous right now you know what i mean like okay but like not but john wall is the obvious Look at someone like Kelly Oubre. Some nights could be like our 10th man, you know? When's the last time you saw Buckhands talk about someone's defensive prowess or, like, intensity to that level that he does with Kelly Oubre? Like, I can't remember the last time. How cool is Phil Chenier? cool about it is that Staples Center, (laughs) I'm wearing a T-shirt and I'm, like, sweating profusely. You know, it's like it's not cold in there for some reason. And this guy is wearing, like, a thick suede brown blazer <laughs> jacket and and there's not a bead of sweat on his head and i'm like man this guy's a cool cat but the coolest thing about sitting near them is seeing the kind of like the adoration that you see from like the elder um fans in the crowd who know phil chenier the sharpshooter it was bullets forever that did that um best shooter franchise yeah. shooters of all time bracket And, like, Phil Chenier was, like, you know, at the end, right, with Bradley Beal or something. There was, like, a 70-year-old guy who came up and interrupted me and Phil talking pregame. And he was like, young man, you did not see this man play. This man. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, old-timer shit. Old-timer shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) And he was like. The old timer shit, and like, like they so just like had to... and, like he's like, this is Phil Chenier. But your so, average Wizards and... fan or uh, like Bullets fan or whatever is like, oh yeah, I know he was good back in the day, but it's like, no, dude, like this cat was like <laughs> at his prime, one of arguably the best shooters in the league. Cold, cold yeah, blooded right? is the way he he described him, and I was like, 
it's so hard to believe it because he's such a kind and gentle, oh, yeah. soft-spoken guy. Great announcer, know? too, so, by the way. He's so good announcer. There's one historic Wizards play, and we all know what it is, that oh. that sums up Buckhands and his relationship with this team and how he portrays them. It's Michael the Ruffin. The dagger? The dagger? Do you know no, that you know was at the game? Yeah, I was at the game. I was at the game. I was at the game. Okay. So Michael Ruffin throws yes. the ball up in the air. Yes. And so, you know, Chris nails Bosch the three. was on the team, too, by the way. Yeah, and he nails that shot. And, like, Morris, Morris Pearson. Morris Pearson. Mo Pete. Okay. Yes. On the broadcast, it's so preposterous what's happening that there's a silence from Buckhands, which is rare. Like, he's not describing what's happening in, in all the audio. You hear the bucket go in. And then Buckhands goes, No! Not possible! Not possible! Like, <laughs> who in their right mind as a Wizards fan would call that play like that? Like, as a professional even, I would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh my God! Like, like you would cuss out Michael Ruffin so much. You know, like, you would make him public enemy number one in D.C. for the rest of the year. But, you know... To his credit, he didn't throw him under the bus. Like, he just called it as a miraculous play. And, you know, we have no not possible if forever in our le- lexicon. And so <laughs> that, tells you, that tells you about Buck, and that's why I love him. On the flip side, on the radio side, you heard Dave Johnson before. This guy yes. talking about a Papa John's ad is like talking about like a, you know, Eastern Conference Finals game. So that's why I can't wait for the, these playoffs. Like, Dave Johnson is going to lose his shit. So nice in person. Like, so nice. I mean, but he's, he's, kind of, he's kind of crazy in, like, a good way. What I was going to say is, before Glenn Consort, he did it by himself. Yes. Remember that? So, like, and he does a soccer by himself, too, right? He did. Yeah, and so he's just, like, losing his mind by himself. And it's just, like, it takes a kind of a crazy person to do that. Like, Rich Fucking for the Hoyas, he does that. And, you know, everyone knows he's kind of crazy, too. Like, Hoy, Lynn, Hoy, Lynn, Hoy, Okay, so what I want to know, where do you see this team headed here? What's going to make you feel good about this season? Who do you want to play in the first or second round? Like, What is your feelings about the playoffs? Bringing back to the whole kind of knowing those expectations. Like, well, we haven't been here before. We, right. I've never had a 50-win team in my lifetime. Like, this is all uncharted territory for me. I think Gilbert's best year, I think it was like 46 wins, right? Even at that time, I think those like three years that we played LeBron, like two of those years we weren't healthy at all. This is kind of like that with just assuming everyone's healthy going into the playoffs. We've never been here before. We've never had a 10, 11 player deep roster like this before. We never had a coach like Coach Brooks before. We never had John Wall play this good before. Like all of these things added up. I'm sorry, Ben. There's not a team in the East that I think that we can't beat. And so when you ask me like who I want to play in the first round, no one wants to play us. And that's how I think the players think as no, well. I mean, we're going to beat the Hawks or the Bucks or whoever, the Pacers. Right? Okay. 
If we if we don't beat them, if we don't beat them, then I have all these podcasts all off season talking about how. Oh yeah, jump, right. I mean, right. Sure. So let's go, so let's go to the second round. Always been about like avoiding Cleveland in the second round potentially because the goal has always been the Eastern Conference Final. It's also because the funeral game and the hatred between Boston. Like fans want it, Boston wants it, DC wants it. I think the players want it. I think even TV wants the Wizards and the Celtics to play in the second round. But at some point, is it, and I said this on the last podcast, because like now like Cleveland's slipping. So Cleveland can slip to two, and Toronto's charging hard on us. Do we go back to four to avoid Cleveland if we think that Cleveland's going to go to two? Or do we not just care at all? If we're playing our best basketball, there's not a team in the East that can, honest, I feel as if we, they can beat us. So do you want to play LeBron in the third. second round or the finals, I guess, is, is, is the actual question. I just think uh, this, this whole story tell would be obviously so much better if we played him in the Eastern final. Like, let them have some steam, you know, win a couple series and LeBron looks good, Love looks good, Kyrie looks good. It's just going to be better... Can you imagine, like, who has it this year, ESPN or TNT? Can you imagine either of those channels showcasing a Cavs, Wizards? Who do you think you match up better with? The one team I don't want to see any round is Miami, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. People talk about, like, how good, you know, Paul, uh, Paul George, I think he averages, like, 50 points against us whenever he plays us. He's a wizard killer. Like, sure, he scares me. Giannis scares me. Whatever, right? But, you know, Miami is a team that, like, can give it to us in many different ways. You know, they're very well coached. So I kind of don't want to see them. I won't admit that usually, but, like, I kind of don't want to see them. As far as, like, Cleveland, I want to play them. I want to play them so bad because of what LeBron did to, to so, go back. But here's you know, my like, question. Do you think we should try to avoid them purposely? Hell no. Ground, right? We have to – no, no, no. We have to – win every game moving forward and try our hardest moving forward from now on. There's no such thing as rest. There's no such thing as kind of tanking. Like, Coach Brooks clearly isn't that kind of coach. We've learned that. Like, if he wasn't like that, he'd be resting Wall. He'd be resting Beal and these guys, you know, like, and not playing them 36 minutes, 37 minutes. Their mentality is play their best basketball, try to at least, and try to win out every game moving forward the whole notion of trying to kind of slip and all that i don't think that's in coach books dna if it was we we would have already seen it by now we would have seen wall take one of these la games off or like you know one of these games like maybe the utah game coming up if he took that utah game coming up off that's what three or four days of rest for john wall like that's priceless that's not who coach books is the way i look at it is that i think we just saw last saturday night with porter Wall, Beal, Cleveland doesn't really have like an athleticism in Ubre. Doesn't really have a way to to step up and defend us. Yeah, but what they do they, have is right, right. No, they can pound. They can, well, they can pound us with Love and Thompson down low, right? When I look at Boston, I look at like they they're not a they can't get buckets down low. But they had the physicality was smart. Yeah, but and but bravery and, and, and Avery Bradley. They have these things that was the other teams do. You also have to remember we're talking about the East playoffs. This is not the regular season. You know, it's going to be a, a grinded out half court. No, I'm talking about the people game, that we can potentially you know? meet up in the second round. We're already in the second round, dude. I don't know if I told you that we've already won. The, the only the only <laughs> team that I'm worried about 
for us to stop in the yes. half court is Cleveland. Just because they have one-on-one players and multiple players that can kind of give it to us. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I mean, if if they can space it out with with Love and Thompson, and you know, like and J.R. Smith can hit threes, right? Like and Kyrie and LeBron. I mean, there's like four dudes can hit threes. Right? Who is guarding LeBron? You know, on half. Marquise Morris, set. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Good luck with that. Right? Who? Okay, uh, okay. Kyrie, so, we so, Kyrie like. Do you have confidence with Wall guarding Kyrie? It's sure not going to be Ubre. You know, you know those are concerns that we're going to have. Like if we ever get to that that point. But, but how fun is it? That, like we're going to see it, right? Like no injuries, right? That's not going to wood. What do you what, what do you look forward as a fan though? What do you look more forward to? You, you look forward to knocking out Boston or knocking out Cleveland? No matter what round, if 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 we knock out Cleveland in the second round, I feel like that'd be like the most like that'd be a successful season, even if we lost in Eastern. No, not finals. successful. I mean, enjoyable, more enjoyable. I think beating either of those teams in any round would basically make this season. That would have to be in the second round, right? Second or third round, but that would make this season worthwhile. It really would. I mean, like, where, yeah, we, but that's, where we've been. Now, yeah, granted, if we do that, then of course, like, the expectations are going to go to some fucking crazy world, bro. You know, and like, and then who knows? Until right? we do that, but until we do that, we're, we're right there, though. Do, do you think we have a chance? Yeah. Though, I think we have a chance. I mean, I don't know if it's going to shake out, but like, I'm not worried about anything. I want to ask you before we go. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about Dave and Phil, your, your boys. So I see a t-shirt, and it says, Rod, Liddell, Calvert, <laughs> Darwin, God. Uh, first of God all, and God. Yeah, yeah, God, shame God. Okay, I want to know about this t-shirt, which I totally enjoy. Where the fuck did you get this t-shirt, and which of, one of these players are your favorite players, and just your whole favorite player the whole time growing up? That's from the Mothering High. That's, that's Wisdom. Shout out to Wiznuts, wherever the fuck yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. You know Where are Wiznuts? I actually do know. I actually, well, I don't know. I can't say this on the podcast because, like, uh, yeah, like I like this I is have, the, I, ha- I have communication avenues to the Wiznuts. I do. I don't think Phil's ever known who Wiznuts is, but Steve Buckhands, Glenn Consor, and Dave Johnson all asked me separately, "What where's Wiznuts?" And I'm like. Dude, I don't know. Like, you know, like you gotta. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this guy. And so we'll talk about that off air. But yeah, I mean, that's like uh, that that era, that that big three era with Butler, uh, Jameson, and Arenas. You know, Wizards and and Mothering Hunt were popping off these like Wizards T-shirts, and I bought literally all of them. So I probably like attributed for eighty percent of their business. And so that was their best shirt. They had like a tough the, the mother one. the mother hat, I believe, right? It was the mother hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they had like a tough juice one, they had like a Agent Zero one, but by far that that bullets t shirt that I wore that other night was their best one. And so yeah, when you're talking about my favorite bullet of all time, like you know, it's arguable. It's either Chris Weber or no Probably not. It's it's Rod Strickland for me. Yes, yes, Strickland. hot dogs. So like, good. Like, One of the best seasons of all time in Wizards history, by the way. Bulls history. And you know what? He wasn't an all-star. He led the league in assists that year. You know, 10.5 points, 
He beat out Jason Kidd that He's year. Second, second team All NBA, I think. Second yeah. team All NBA yeah. point guard. Can you believe that? And he yeah. wasn't an All Star. I had to double check today, and Ron Strickland just never was an All Star. I mean, I, I can't believe that. That's, that's but it's that's weird that he, he like his prime really was that one or two seasons with the Bulls. Yeah, and so and so that you know he was by far my favorite player. I mean, like he was the epitome of the New York City point guard. You know, he he'd give anyone the business, and so that's why I'm kind of glad that John Wall is kind of showing a little bit more Ron Strickland in him. You notice he has that back in move now all of a sudden, where yeah. he kind of like has his back to the basket, backs it in. I mean, that's Rod Strickland right there. He must have studied some tape. He's by far my favorite bullet of all time. That's a great story. Paul, before we go, uh, we'll end it on this. Like, uh, Wizards Twitter, how we met each I'm other. Glad, I'm glad you didn't ask me about my favorite Wizards moments because they would all be embarrassing ones, by the okay, way. Okay, okay. No, well, I, I had a whole take of the roughing thing that I like. I could have went off on. This community we're in, and these fans, you said he's like on the West Coast and you see some people here and there over the years. Yeah, bro, we've never met in real life. And here you are talking about this team because we like it. You know, you listen to another podcast and not this one. And, you know, I'll let that slide. Uh, uh, <laughs> and, like, you know, Ben's project is good. Being a part of this community, even though where you are, what's that feeling like? I mean, or does your wife just think you're crazy as well? My girl thinks I'm crazy, too. This is a funny story. My wife is a school teacher. She teaches seventh grade out here in L.A. When she mentions me and my fandom for my team, these kids are Laker fans. They actually are shocked that there's a sports team called the Wizards. <laughs> you know, there's one girl... There was one girl that actually said wizards, and like she just had no idea. Harry Potter, so, Harry Potter. Yeah, right. And yeah, I'm a wizards fan. Like it's just so fucking embarrassing over the last ten years of living here. And yeah, like it's thank God for Twitter because I would feel like a like a lunatic if it wasn't for Twitter. I would think like. Why am I suffering with this team? Like, why am I, like, subscribing to the post and reading about these guys? Like, why am I, like, spending money to go see these people? You know, like, Shaq and the Fool is, like, destroying us every year. Now we've invested so much in this team. And that's what it means to be a D.C. sports fan. Like, yeah. I'm kind of embarrassed how the overwhelming majority of our population in the DMV it's become so cynical and so bandwagon and so toxic now. We expect the championship. If we don't get it, it's just, I'm done with them. How many times do you hear that? I'm done with them. Done with them. That, to me, has never been in my DNA. You know, like, we could have been done with this team every year. You know, but the fact that we're on Wizards Twitter, like, tells you, like, we're, we're kind of... Uh, we're kind of waiting, and we kind of expect a little bit more. And you know, we're, we're willing to stick it. You wait for something bad to happen, right? You're waiting for the so wizards to happen, and you're like, this seems kind of good. What are these feelings now? Like, I, like, like we might just win when we're, but you gotta, like, but when you we're gotta, down twenty at halftime. We just like might pull it out at the end. We're down twenty at halftime. It's like, yeah, man, I'm done with this game. It's over. And then also, you want to be like a fan to be reasonable. I've been conditioned but this why? way. But why right? be reasonable? But, but why? Right? We've, no, been but why be We've been conditioned in a certain way. The, 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 the diehard Wizards fans, the, the 20 of us, right? Yes. yes. We know what it, but yeah. we know what a good team is. We don't see it ever. We, we see it like it. Right, once right, every 10 right, years, right? right? We know that this is a good team. Whereas like a majority of the, the Washington Post readers, they're like, oh, so Wizards, you know, they're, they're just ready to make a mockery of this team. 
But we know how good this team is. We know how good this coach especially is. John, you know? Especially John Wall, right? He's so good. Okay, 99% John Wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, no, but it's, like, it's like, like John Wall's good at basketball. Like Sometimes you're just like, no, dude. If you watch John Wall every day like I watch him, you'd just be like, oh, my God, this guy is like, ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, <laughs> and like being out here in L.A., like, you know, I listen to, like, national podcasts like Zach Lowe's and, yeah, and yeah. You know, the ringers like Chris Vernon and they're on John Wall's jock as much as we are now. And so like, we know this is for real and with his Twitter's on fire right now. Like we, yeah. we, we're enjoying like the Shackton side of it, which is like, you know, like showing up in TMZ and the, having the water bottles stuff, but we're also enjoying kicking people's asses. And that's like very rare for us to experience. And, you know, I'm, I'm welcoming anyone else on the bandwagon, but you got to leave that so wizard shit behind because that stuff is not, that does not pertain to this team. This is a different cloth, the, this, this, the makeup of this team. Dude, that is, that is a great time to end this conversation. Paul, you, you've been phenomenal. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you. People, uh, go to Truth About It, read about our site. As always, go Wizards. Bullets. Bullets. Peace out. I'm all about my time.